I would encourage you if you really are feeling strained and the responsibilities of doing everything are heavy, lean into those requests and let somebody it can be such a treat when you tell somebody, you know what would actually make my world go round is if somebody came in my house and mopped my floors. I might cry with joy if somebody could come do that for me. And you never know when a friend who's been offering to help would just love to be able to serve you in that way. I'm Amy. And I'm Abby. And as women, we are constantly comparing ourselves to others. But your life isn't supposed to look like hers. Being your best self means standing firm in your decisions and always being willing to grow with a purpose. We get vulnerable and real with an honest look into the challenges and triumphs we all face. Every woman listening gets the opportunity to choose what life looks like for herself. Today on the podcast, we're so excited to welcome Cassie Joy Garcia. She is the best-selling author of Cook Once Dinner Fix, Cook Once Eat All Week, and Fed and Fit. The listeners of herself are the ones that introduced us to her. So we're so excited to connect and bring you someone that you're excited to hear from. Cassie, I would love if you started by introducing yourself for our listeners. Thank you all so much having me. And for everybody who connected us, I am a San Antonio, Texas native, and I have been blogging for, I just celebrated 10 years this summer. And so I guess it's been a, it's been a minute and I consider my job to be, I'm a holistic nutritionist, but mostly I really like to just solve problems in the kitchen and share solutions from a no rules wellness kind of perspective. And I'm just so excited to chat with y'all today. That's amazing. And you've been blogging for 10 years. You've served your audience so well, and we are so excited for you to serve our audience now. And you know that we have a very, very busy group of women. They have very full plates, pun is totally intended there. And let's dig into something that you do so well. And you are very, very well versed in simplifying meals for people and for families. So your stance is delicious doesn't have to be difficult. So tell us more about the keys to taking stress out of dinner, especially for busy families. This is one that I know I definitely need the answer on. Oh my goodness. Yes. It was a problem I needed to solve for myself too. (laughs) As a mom, I have a three-year-old, a one-year-old, and then another little one expected uh, soon. And it was just dinner time just happens to overlap with when my kids need me the most, especially in this age. And I just felt like dinner was a struggle night after night. You know, I would plan our meals for the week and I'd feel so great about it on an early Saturday morning with my cup of coffee and it all sounded doable. And then in reality, it just, I felt like I was overspending on my food budget and it was taking so much time and I was exhausted. And then I wasn't exactly putting food on the table from a joyful heart. <laughs> you know, I was like, here you go. Uh, it's dinner time. Let's eat up. And so I really needed another solution and being as efficient as possible was the key because I still wanted to make some home cooked meals several times a week, but I needed to make it easier than I had been tackling it in the past. So cook one's dinner fix is really honestly, this is how I've been cooking in my own home for a long time. And it's this idea of how do we get a really wholesome, balanced meal on the table 
but make it so that our efforts don't stop tonight. And it's not a matter of we're going to make a giant casserole and just have leftovers tomorrow because my family's not a big on leftovers. So I've had to be really creative. It's a, we're going to make an advance the most difficult part of the meal, which is usually the protein, or if you're a uh, veggie based, it would be the veggie based protein. Let's make a bunch of that and then see if we can use it across several meals. Yeah. And I love that idea. Your book, Cook Once Dinner Fix, is now out in the world. So that must be so exciting for you. And in it, you have 120 easy and delicious recipes. And as you said, they're specifically designed to use the leftovers from one dish to quickly cook a completely different meal the next day. Our minds are blown. And I would love if you gave like a specific example, just so people can visualize what you mean. Oh, you got it. Okay. So I just planned this one for my own house. So we are going to make this, there's this turkey, have you ever heard of a turkey tenderloin? Yes. Okay. Yes. You've probably seen them. And if you have not used them before, it's one of those things you've just kind of glazed over them in the grocery store, but it is a essentially part of the turkey breast and they're usually very affordable. And it's a cut of meat that I really like to use because it's one that you can really mix things up with. So meal number one is I take these turkey tenderloins and we do this honey chipotle, kind of smoky, not too spicy, roasted tenderloins. We just cover it in this yummy sauce, stick it in the oven, and then we serve that with roasted sweet potatoes. So the sweet potatoes roast at the same time. Very, very simple and straightforward to pull together. And then we serve it with a little bit more of that yummy sauce. But half of the turkey was more than we needed for that first night. All right. And so what we do is we serve this delicious roasted turkey with the sweet potato and the yummy sauce for the family on night number one or whenever you're having it. I usually do Mondays for poultry. And then Wednesday, when I'm ready for poultry again, I pull out the planned for leftovers of the rest of that roasted turkey. And I'm going to turn it into a Southwestern turkey casserole. So I chop it up, mix it with some beans and some corn and some cheese and put this really delicious green sauce on top of it and pop it in the oven. But because everything's already cooked, it, all you were really doing is melting the cheese and helping those flavors come together. And I get to serve a totally new meal. Yeah. So night one is going to be a little bit more time intensive just because of the cook time for the poultry, for example. And then night two is the time where you're able to create a different meal, but you're able to do it very quickly. Correct. That's exactly right. Okay. This is a question I really want to ask you. So my husband and I used to cook so much before we had children. Now we have three little boys and it is truly hard to plan and to cook and to do everything. I know on Instagram, I saw that even you, an amazing cook, you don't have time to make a gorgeous meal every single night of the week. I would love it if you gave some encouragement for our listeners, because I know a lot of them are in the exact same boat I'm in where this can just feel overwhelming in this season. Oh my gosh. I do feel I am in that season. And you know what I had to do is I had to tell myself that Dinner time is about sitting down together as a family. It's not necessarily the fact that I was able to pull something together from scratch every single night. And so sometimes if that means that we order takeout, it's still dinner. You know, the box is still checked and I still get to feel great about that. And so when I'm planning my week, and I would encourage you when you're planning your week also, plan to make the home-cooked meals that feel really doable to you. 
you know, maybe don't take on a dinner or a recipe that maybe intimidates you or that's going to take a little bit of time. Take on the ground beef dinner series that you know that you could brown ground beef, you know, with your eyes closed and a child hanging on your hip. Like, you know that you can really do those things and feel really confident and then pull together a couple meals from it and only plan two of those dinners a week or three of those dinners or four of those dinners, whatever the number is for you that really works. And then press the easy, easy, easy button on the other nights so that you're able to rest and recharge. Yeah. And I think it's this lowering of expectations that we need in a lot of parenthood. Like we compare our lives now to what we were able to do when it was just my husband and I. And it's like, that's just not fair to ourselves. But I like what you're saying because rather than just to say, oh, we can't ever make a home cooked meal. It's like, where can that fit into our schedule and how can we help accomplish it. So I know for Drew, he loves to cook. So I will take the boys outside and let him prepare that meal so that we can enjoy that. Cause I know it's also a value for a lot of people. They love to cook and they just don't get to do it anymore, at least not uninterrupted. So giving your partner, or maybe that's you, you enjoy to cook the space to be able to really do it sometimes. Yes, that is a treat. I'm the cook in our house. And when my husband takes the girls outside at dinner time, I'm like, oh goodness, this is a treat. (laughs) It is really, really nice. But yes, exactly. I think lowering or managing your expectations, it's an analogy I think about sometimes, but when you're planning, if you plan your week, I think that that can actually be really helpful to write down what you think you might cook so that you're not making it up on the fly, which I've done plenty, but sometimes that feels more exhausting, right? When I'm, it's 2 PM and I think, oh gosh, what's for dinner tonight? And that's not to say that there's anything wrong with that. Usually on those days, I think, oh, we've got spaghetti and red sauce. (laughs) That's what we're doing. I know I can pull that together really quickly, but if you have the space to mental space and the time to do a really quick plan, sometimes that can go a really long way. And then it's kind of like the Coco Chanel analogy, how she says, before you leave the house, take one accessory off. I think that the same is true for planning your week because in the quiet of sitting down and planning out the meals, it's so easy to over plan. And even if that feels doable, looking at it on the Saturday morning, when you're really well-rested, I say still delete one to two things, simplify a few things on there even more so that by the end of the week, you're not thinking, woof, we survived it. Or I managed to pull that off. You're thinking, wow, I am still feeling energized. My family's happy. I'm happy. We're all good. A quick break from our sponsor, BetterHelp. One thing that my counselor, Kristen, really helped me to realize is that Drew and I are not meant to parent the exact same way. So one fight that we kept getting in is I felt like he wasn't disciplining the way I wanted him to. He didn't have as much patience as I wanted him to. And she said, Amy, you two are going to parent different. And that's actually a good thing because the boys are going to have two examples and they are going to be able to pick and choose what they want to be like. So I think that counselors, therapists can give us these nuggets of information and it just shifts the way that we think about something. And for Drew and I, that was a fight that we kept on having. And now we're at a much better place because Kristen helped me to work through that. So 
Just a plug for therapy. If you guys are feeling like you keep having the same fights over and over, it might be time to bring in a third party professional to give you a different lens or some prompts to help you work through it. So you can go to betterhelp.com backslash herself for 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com backslash herself and join the over 1 million people that are using their services today. That's such a good analogy. I'm a person who I like having that plan, but I do fall into the trap of over planning. And then all of a sudden by Thursday, I'm like, oh my gosh, we missed this date. We missed this date. And then everything just seems not doable. So it's so good just to take something off, delete where you need to, especially for those people who like a plan, but sometimes over plan, which I know there's other people out there like me. And Cassie, you are so busy yourself, and you're about to welcome your third baby into the family. And this is happening right after a really packed season of launching this book. And in your words, you said, it's a different pace than when I welcomed our two girls, and carving out mindful time with them is more a challenge and feels even more important now. So I know so many of our listeners, Cassie, they can relate. So please, please expand on this mindfulness piece that you need right now, and then also how you're carving out intentional time with your little ones. Oh my gosh, y'all, this is tough. And I'm so glad that I have had the experience of welcoming two babies to kind of work myself up to this. But in the past, when I was building, I've always been, not always, for the last 10 years, I've been self-employed, but I have built my own maternity leave, right? And that is an undertaking is to, because I can't just tell my team goodbye. (laughs) I'll see y'all in three months or whenever it is that I'm really coming back. Um, And so it's a big project to take on and it distracts me from home. And when, for example, I was pregnant with my first, it was no big deal. I could work a little bit longer hours. My husband was, I mean, we were fine because he's also working really hard on preparing his business for those seasons. But now that I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old at home, my heart aches to want to spend time with them. And I really think that kiddos, or at least mine, I'm getting the sense that they can sense that something's going to change again soon. And they're more cuddly, more clingy, which I just love. And I'm eating it up, but it just, it convicts me to feel like I need to be spending some real quality time with these girls right now before I have a newborn who definitely entirely needs me you know, to, to care for her throughout the day. And so it's a challenging season and launching a book right now in the middle of it, it definitely adds on to it. So what I'm doing differently, or in addition to what I've done in the past is really enforcing my boundaries around time. And there are balls that are getting dropped, but I know that going into it. Right. And so there's not a whole lot of guilt associated with it. It's, it's more like a decision. Someone had told me, a mentor told me one time you could have it all, She's also a mother of three. She said, you can have it all, but you cannot have it all on the same day. And I really hold on to that as it's it's freeing because it tells me that when I'm at work, I can focus on being at work versus thinking, oh gosh, I should be home with the kids. Like I could be using this time to play with them and connect with them before baby is here. But then when I'm home, I'm entirely focused on the girls and my husband and home life. Instead of thinking, even though it's in the back of my mind, oh, I could or should be doing these things for work to move the ball along. I have to really enforce this boundary and stay present where I am if I'm going to make the most of these times. Yeah. And 
One thing that really came to my mind is we've had big little feelings on our podcast before and on their Instagram account, they talk about the 10 minute miracle, which is you spend 10 minutes with one of your children really intentionally. And so I think as moms, we can always shame ourselves. Like we're not spending enough time with our kids, but to them, in their little world, like 10 minutes of your full-on attention can really fill up their cup mm-hmm. as well as our own. So like for those people that are heading into a season of welcoming a new little one and our mama heart can be pulled in so many ways, I think it's important to realize like it's not always that one hour or that date. It's mm. it's giving them each intentional time where you're really focused on them. So I love what you said there about it is that focus on each kiddo and in different seasons, it's not going to be maybe as much time as our mind tells us it should be, but you can still make it work. Mm-hmm, totally. And I've noticed that. And I'm sure as other parents might feel this also is I notice that when I'm spending, and it really is, I think 10 minutes really is sometimes all it really, they need is I sit down and it's very intentional play, let them run you know, run how it's all going to go and just sit there. There's no devices, no nothing in the room and just really be with them. My daughter Bishop this morning, she's almost one and a half and we just hung out and she decided she was very fussy about what she wants to wear. We played with all her clothes, got them all out. And she just, it just was like the way that she wanted to spend her morning and it was so interesting because she went from kind of being a little uneasy to she picked out her outfit and then she wandered out of the room and said, bye-bye and walked off. Like she was good to just kind of, she's like, I'm good. My cup is filled now. And it was that reassurance I needed for B is okay. Call her B for short. B is okay today. And it's really, that's all I needed to do was just be with her for that quality time in the morning before I went and got ready. Mm, It's so reassuring for them. At the same time, they feel like they're on top of the world in those 10 minutes. It goes a lot back to the first couple answers that we had in this podcast interview with setting those expectations and making sure that they're realistic. We can't always do that half day, but can we do 10 minutes? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And one thing you also brought up was your team. And you talk about your team a lot, Cassie. And you also share that a lot of your success has to do with your husband's belief and effort to support you in this really unique blend of mom and work life. So let's expand on this part a little bit. What does your team um, look like? So your support team at home, with your family, with work, and then how do they allow you to chase these big dreams? I have an incredible team at my back. And so there's some friends and colleagues and readers who've become friends online who say, you know, how, how do you do this? I can't do this. It's like, oh my goodness, it's not me. And I, that's why I try to talk about them as much as I can so that it's really, really apparent that I am not doing this alone. And I, you know, I feel like I'm hitting in some ways professionally, I'm able to really swing for the fences, hit a home run, but it's because I started on second or third base, you know, and it's, it's, it's really given me the ability to fully focus when I am here. My husband, I really think deserves the gold medal in that regard. I just really lucked out. Austin is an accomplished professional in his own right. 
that's really how we connected was I had started Fed and Fit the summer that we reconnected after college. Truth be told, I was in love with him 10 years before that in college when I'd met him. And, uh, and then when that didn't turn out in college, I thought, well, I guess I was wrong. Wait, did you guys <laughs> date in college? No, no. You were just in love with him from afar. I was a hundred percent in love with him. I'm not even joking. I remember when I told my parents, when we started dating, when I was, had graduated from college, they said, wait, Austin as in the Austin, (laughs) they remembered him, but we reconnected as adults when I was talking about my passion for what I was doing in life. And I thought that I'd found my purpose and what I was supposed to do professionally. And he just loved it. And he, he just poured into me in really wonderful ways. And that's never changed. And so I'm super fortunate in that regard because, you know, for example, this week, I'm working a little bit later. And any time he says, what's your plan for the week? I tell him what's going on. He says, okay, great. Sounds great. You know, there's not really any pushback. And I try to also encourage him to go out and play with his friends on weekends and really, you know, spread his wings. And so there's a little bit of that balance, but that's important. And then at home and my support with my family, my family, my immediate family's really nearby uh, proximity to us. And so they're there to help and support, but we also have childcare that I bring into our house when our girls are not in school, air quotes school, it's like a day school. And so that really helps fill in the blanks. And again, this was a, something that I had to give up was what is my identity as a mom or a wife in this season? And there was so much of it. I felt guilty about the fact that I needed somebody to come in and help me with the house. I needed help to wash the dishes, to wash the vegetables, to help us clean up around the house. If I was going to be able to spend all of my time when I had it on our girls and all of my time when I had it on my business. And, and that was an effort. That was a process of giving up my identity and wrapped up and being able to do all of those things. But that was one of the first things I delegated was a task or like keeping up with the house that I needed to get off my plate. And so we have great support there. And then here at Fed and Fit, I just told y'all, uh, started recording, but I just welcomed team member number five a few days ago onto the team. And so they are all out there, very, very busy working behind the scenes and trying to keep fedandfit.com, which is really our main uh, publishing outlet, just up to speed. So much of that answer. I have the same as you is that I really needed to have someone come alongside of me in the house and she does all of our laundry, the dishes if they need to be done, picks up around our house. And it was like, I couldn't do everything. So what could I delegate to someone else? And I know that's not an option for everyone, but letting other people help you, however that looks in your situation And then business-wise, Cassie, I love what you're saying there because, you know, you're the face of the business, but you let your team shine as well. And you tell them how important they are to the business and, and you can see that in your social media. But without them, you couldn't do all of the stuff that you're doing. So I think as women, a lot of us have these control issues or sometimes we think that we can do things the best, but then we can hire people that can come alongside of us and help us accomplish our dreams. So I love that you're open about sharing that because I think a lot of people need to hear that. Yes. And I think, you know, something I want to underline that you said that I think is so important is whether you're in the market to bring in hired help or not, there's probably somebody in your life, probably, if you think about it, who's been offering and saying, what can I do to help you? 
And I do this all the time. A friend will say, how can I help you this week? Or what can I do to help? And I say, oh no, I'm fine. Everything's fine. Thank you though. You know, let me bring you a coffee next week is usually what kind of my default. And I would encourage you if you really are feeling strained and the responsibilities of doing everything are heavy, lean into those requests and let somebody, it can be such a treat when you tell somebody, you know, what would actually make my world go round is if somebody came in my house and mopped my floors, I might cry with joy. If somebody could come do that for me. And you never know when a friend who's been offering to help would just love to be able to serve you in that way. And a quick break from our sponsor, which is Gooder Sunglasses. We've been longstanding partners of Gooder. And a few months ago, Amy and I went with the guys to a couple's trip. And we were out at the beach. We were playing Frisbee. And guys, no lie, the first throw... Drew threw it to Colin. Colin missed it. His Gooder sunglasses fell on the ground, shattered into a million pieces at the start of our vacation. But the best part about this is that we sent it back to Gooder, and within just a couple of weeks, we got a brand new pair of sunglasses for free. Their warranty in that first year, whether you scratch them or if you sit on them or if one of your kids grabs them and breaks them in some way, you can send them back to Gooder and they'll give you a free pair. So we have loved our Gooder sunglasses. So many great styles, so cute, non-slip, they keep up with you. And the fact that they have this awesome warranty, it just seals the deal. So you can go to gooder.com backslash herself. And if you use code herself15 at checkout, you get 15% off your entire order. Again, that's gooder, G-O-O-D-R.com backslash herself with code herself15. One thing I say too is like, let's be neighborly again. Like I have so many great neighbors that are willing to like help me out if I need to run to the store or they were already going to the store and I forgot one thing I need for the cookies. <laughs> like it's just, let's bring that back because it really matters and it, it helps us to be doing all of these roles. One thing that you mentioned earlier in the episode, and I wanted to circle back to it, is healthy boundaries. So a lot of the women listening are trying to balance work life and mom life. And what we all know is that you need some healthy boundaries between work and mom life to help you function best in each role. Can you give us some concrete examples of boundaries that you set that help you do all this? Oh, yes. And y'all, boundaries are not set without, there is still a consequence to them. And so if you're putting off setting a boundary because you're waiting for an opportunity to do one that has zero consequences, just know that that's not going to happen. You're chasing an imaginary carrot. So you just have to understand what the consequences are going to be, decide if you're okay with them, and then implement the boundary. So we really have to be tactical and practical about what we're doing here and then being okay with it. Because again, there's going to be a consequence. I don't know why this feels really important for me to touch on, but there's going to be a consequence. And if all of a sudden that consequence comes to fruition, I don't want you to let it go. I don't want you to think, okay, this was the wrong boundary to set. For example, a really concrete boundary that I set are my office hours. So I am a full-time working mom. And as the creator of my business and so much of my business is on my phone, I could work anywhere because of my handy gadget here, you know, any time of the day, any day of the week. And it's so tempting to slip into that. Or even if you aren't, don't have a business that feels similar to what I do, you might still have email on your phone. 
or a Slack channel or a chat or something like that with your team. And I think what's really important is setting when you are out of office and being really firm about that. You might have a day, I don't know, you come home, let's say, so my hours, for example, are 9 a.m. to 3.30 in the afternoon right now. And that is when I am in office. Folks are welcome to send me messages, whether it's in a chat app or an email. They're welcome to send me messages any time of the day. If they work at 11.30 p.m., that's fine. They can send me a message, but they know I will not reply until at least 9 a.m. tomorrow, and it might even be later because those are the hours that I work. And I say that, I have to say that over and over and over and over again for a lot of my colleagues that I work with and they get disappointed. I tell everybody also how to reach out to me. I think that's important in addition to setting your hours, but where to reach you. So I lean on an app called Voxer is my chat app. I really love Voxer because I can silence the notifications and it gives me kind of a a work chat inbox that I only open that app when I'm wanting to work. And my text messages are in some ways sacred. Like you can reach out to me in text if you really need me, but that is for friends and family, right? That is for non-work related things or emergency. And I tell people that instead of just letting them figure out how it's best for them to reach me, I communicate that. So if you're talking to an employer, a supervisor, or somebody like that, and I would say, hey, I want to sit down and revisit my availability so that when I'm here, I can be fully here. And in order for me to be fully here, I need to be fully home when I am home. And so my hours need to be of availability. You can expect a response from me between these hours and these hours. The place to reach me is in this app, this email, but texts need to remain emergency only. And I think that that will go a really long way. That entire answer, especially for people who, and Amy and I feel this, where so much of our work is done on a phone, you can always be accessible if you start letting your boundaries go. So it's up to you to enforce those boundaries and then people will start to learn, okay, these are the working hours. These are when she responds back. And I like what you said there about being tactical and practical. That one's going to definitely stick with me. But there will be consequences with it. And we will have Nedra Tawaban in just a few weeks. She's the queen of boundaries. So we'll be going into even more in that episode. Okay, Cassie, we have covered a lot. We've covered your expertise in the kitchen. We've covered your family life. And I truly want to know, what does this next year look like for you? So is it fuzzy? Are you getting strategic? I know you've talked on your Instagram account about being more fluid, which I'm always so interested in, especially with women who are doing a lot of big things and they're doing them all at once. And personally, I know this is something that I have had to let go of. I even brought it up in this interview that I love having that plan. And it doesn't always have to be so strict, especially when we become mothers. So can you speak about leaning more into this and then just that fluidity of life that you've brought up on your Instagram? Yes, I would love to. So my plan over the next year is to kind of to answer that question Yes, I want to be more fluid. The way that I've run Fed and Fit in the past has been a little bit of this. It's like a pendulum. I swing back and forth between saying wherever the wind blows me, 
you know, is where I'll go in the wind blowing, meaning what are the readers asking for? What are my readers asking of me? And I will do that and be in, in total response mode. And then the other end of the pendulum is here is my plan. Here is my 100 point plan. <laughs> and we're going to execute on it no matter what. And I have found that the right answer in my business for also my stage of life with wanting to be able to say, hey, y'all, I'm going to be home with the girls this week. And what a privilege to be able to do that, but to be able to be more fluid and to also extend that to my employees to, for them to be able to take some time when they need it is to have that pendulum be somewhere in between. We build a rough plan. I have a rough plan. I'd be happy to share it with you. Um, and then also hold it loosely or at least hold some of it loosely and allow ourselves to just see where things go and see what our readers really need of us. Because when I have held on too tightly to a plan, I have found that those have been the seasons in my business when I've been the least effective at my job. And my job is to problem solve for our readers, is to solve problems that they're really facing in real time. And then when I have let go of the reins and said, what do y'all need from me right now? And I responded in that way, the pandemic was a really good, or at least the height of quarantine at the beginning of the pandemic was a really good example of this. I had a plan going in, everybody in business probably had a plan going into that season that we let go of. And I said, what do y'all need from me right now? And a lot of folks said, we need to figure out how the heck we're going to use up these 87 cans of beans in our pantry. And so I said, I can do that. I can come up with some pantry recipes, you know, and that was really helpful for our readers. And so trying to be more mindful of that, but on the tactical plan, one thing that I really have that I'm looking forward to next year is we're going to, I don't know if you've heard of this app called YouTube and I'm going to use it. I'm going to launch a YouTube channel next year. And I feel like I'm joking. I feel like I am so late to the game, but it is, it feels silly that I have not started leaning into YouTube. And so I have all of these ideas and the team's putting together all kinds of videos that we can publish there, but we're going to start publishing probably two to three videos a week on YouTube in a couple of months and then, and then just lean into it. I love that. We've been hearing too. So many people are like, you guys need to be on YouTube. You need to be on YouTube. And it's easy to feel like you missed the boat on something, <laughs> Yes, you know, because obviously YouTube's been around forever, but you know, it's also fun to start something new and try it and do your best. I can totally see you over there. Cassie, it has been such a joy to interview you. I feel like your middle name is perfect because you bring so much joy to your work and we can hear it in your voice. And I love the way that you've talked about your team and it feels like they have such a great leader over there. So I'm excited for everything that is to come for you guys. And I would love it if you let our listeners know where they can find more of you. Thank you so much. Y'all can find me fedandfit.com is the website. And that's where I publish the grand majority of our content. There's four to five new articles going up there a week, almost 1200 recipes, all free. So all that's waiting for you there. And then on social media, I'm probably the most active, you know, until YouTube really launches, <laughs> but I'm the most active on Instagram at fed and fit. And if you're curious about, for example, the book concept, if it sounds a little confusing or you want to learn more about it, I've been doing a lot of demos of how this series work, showing a lot of these different meal examples. And so you can kind of go get a, a taste 
pun intended for how how that book works. Oh, I love all the puns we can pull into this. So head over to her Instagram, you guys. Tag at Fed and Fit and Her Salt Podcast. If you try out any of those recipes, they are fun. They are easy. If Amy and I can do it, you guys, <laughs> you can definitely do it too. So thanks again so much, Cassie, for being on today. Thank you all. 